Jim Sammons here, and welcome to the Kayak Fishing Show Live, brought to you, as always, by Ballast Point Brewing Company. I'm going to have myself my favorite grapefruit sculpin. I hope you're having a beer yourself. It is hot as heck out there today in San Diego, um, you know, and humid. It's very unusual. Thank God this is the year that I got air conditioning installed in my house. I haven't had it. We've been in this house for 22 years and we just had air conditioning put in the house this year and I am so glad because it's so hot. So anyway, cheers to everybody. Happy Friday. Uh, um, if you're going out on the water this uh, this week and over this weekend, be aware there probably is going to be a lot of boat traffic because it is so hot, uh, at least here in San Diego. Also, um, beware there's sharks in the water. I watched the news this morning. It's like every five seconds, there's, oh, what, white sharks have been seen. White sharks have been seen. You know, we have sharks in the water. Um, my biggest fear with the sharks, and, and mainly what we have here is juveniles, um, is of taking your fish or coming up right on a fish right next to the boat. So a uh, good thing to have that shark shield. Um, <laughs> it never, never a bad idea to have the shark shield for that. Um, I got a, a some a pretty good, cool deal here that I wanted to share with you. Uh, we've got I've been working with cyber fishing. You know the guys. Where did I put it? Oh, here it is. Um, with the cyber fishing rod sensor, um, I'm going to bring up their page there. So the cyber fishing rod sensor. You know it counts every cast. It marks where you've been. Uh, it keeps track of the weather. Uh, you can mark all the fish you caught, everything like that. Very cool deal. So what they've done is they've done a 15% discount. If you go to their website and use the code um, CYBERGYM, uh, and you'll get a 15% discount. So if anybody's interested in this, you know, I've been using it for a little while and really, really like it. It's a cool device. Uh, it's great for keeping track of your catches. It, you know, it's kind of an electronic logbook, if you will. So uh, if you're interested in that, if you have any questions about that, of course, feel free to ask me and I will uh, share any information I have uh, or answer any questions about it. But so far, I've really liked it. It's a great way to track the catches and counts every cast and everything like that. So it's, it's very cool. Um, so for today's show, um, I've got, let me get this code off of here. Um, a, a friend of mine, Joe Hector, um, who is the uh, owner of Extreme Kayak Fishing Inc. They do a tournament series. Um, you know, I'm not a tournament guy, but I always said if there's a tournament I'm going to do, it's the ones these guys do because I've never seen a tournament put together so well. I did one of their tournaments in the Bahamas. I uh, had a wonderful time and saw how well this thing was run. Um, and then um, I went planned on doing their sailfish smackdown. I think this is pretty cool. A sailfish tournament for kayak anglers. But I went to uh, Florida to do the sailfish smackdown, their big tournament. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. And um, of course, as I'm at the airport, I get the call. The tournament's been canceled. Well, you, you guys know that this tournament is in Florida, right? I'm going to Florida, right? 
so you know it's going to be a hurricane or something. So literally, I'm on my way, and it gets canceled. So we went there. We hung out with, with Joe and everything and, and had a great time. I'm going to bring actually up um, his page. Where is it? And show you a real quick teaser video they have on their site. And I'll give that the whole page. And just show you this, a real quick teaser kind of, of what goes on at one of their tournaments. It's only 30 seconds long. So there, like I said, just a quick teaser video of it, uh, but very, very cool events that uh, if, if you have the opportunity, and people travel from all over to go to this event, it, you would uh, really, really enjoy it. Um, I'm going to say hello to a couple people here real quick. Hey, Scott, how you doing, man? Justin, how's it going? Love that intro. Thank you so much. Uh, that's just basically a quick teaser from our uh, the intro to our TV show. Uh, Jacob, how are you? Andrew, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, Larry, how am I feeling? I'm feeling a lot better, actually. Just today, I started to feel a little better. I've I've just been dragged out and had a sore throat ever since ICAST, so starting to feel a little bit better. Uh, Emmerich from Ensenada, how you doing, man? How's the fishing down there? Uh, Ricky Zinega, uh, I can start. <laughs> hey, uh, Ricky, how's th things in uh, Pago Pago? I still really want to go do that, Wes and I. Um, tuning in from Denali, awesome day. Um, Scott, 101 with 27 pose. Yeah, it has been hot in California. Uh, hey, Dave from Ottawa, Ontario, how you doing? Anyway, with no further ado, I want to bring uh, my friend Joe Hector onto the screen. Well, let's make this so we're a little bit bigger. Joe, how you doing, man? Hey, how's it going, Jim? First off, I want to congratulate you and your wonderful wife, Maria, for uh, the new baby. I, I mean, it's not been long at all. you got to be an ex excited new daddy. Oh, yeah, man. No, it's been awesome. We, uh, we had her uh, about three months ago. Actually, today. Yeah, today she's three months. So it's, uh, it's awesome, and um, it's a different kind of love. You know, I've been telling people that. So it's, uh, it's amazing. And, um, yeah, I just uh, – it's awesome. <laughs> Did any sleep? Uh, no, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they say uh, you're only given what you can handle. And I was very lucky. My kids, both of them slept through the, the night. Yeah. yeah. Within, within six weeks, I think. So it was, well, I was very lucky because I would have gone crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, like, she's actually been really good. So um, she's not a crier. You know, she's uh, she's got these monster forearms if you go on my Facebook. So she got that from dad. And, uh, <laughs> but she's, you know, um, Maria's still working really hard with her. She's breastfeeding. So, you know, she's been kind of out of commission. And uh, but she's slowly getting back into it. And uh, I'll tell you what, you know, my wife's been. Uh, the backbone to pretty much everything we've been doing. So um, to have her still, you know, uh, functioning and coming to the events. I mean, we just had a uh, SummerSlam 
tournament uh, about a month and a half ago. So, uh, you know, she was there as a trooper and just, you know, working her butt off. So um, kudos to her and, and, uh, and, you know, everyone else too, that helps out with the events because she's, she's really been uh, working hard. Yeah. Every time the, the events I've been to, I, I mean, you just see her running around like crazy getting stuff yeah. done. Well, you're, you're kind of the face of the whole thing. And yeah, like said, she's kind of the, the backbone of it. So, you know, let's, let's get to it though. I mean, sure. What, what's the, what's the history of the event? And like I said, I mean, you guys, you guys do it right. You, you don't do it like some of the small tournaments. I put on a tournament for years Sure. and you guys just came in immediately, just took it to a different level. Yeah. So, um, pretty much back in like, I would say 2005, 2006, um, you know, I was a college student and just like any struggling college student, um, you know, I didn't have my boat, uh, from New Jersey cause I'm from personally from New Jersey and uh, I moved to South Florida to go to the art Institute. And, uh, I was really good in, uh, graphic design, uh, web design, stuff like that. Actually back then it was still kind of you know, uh, transforming kind of newish, you know, and, and, um, it's always evolving as you know. And right. so, uh, you know, I went to college for that and I just wanted to get out so bad knowing that I'm here in South Florida, knowing that the fishery is just amazing and, uh, knowing that you can only go a mile and catch blackfin tuna, mahi, mahi, uh, wahoo, everything, you know, back in Jersey, uh, we had a big egg Harbor. And, you know, we'd have to go to the canyons, which is a hundred miles to catch tuna and to catch little mahi mahi and stuff like that. So, uh, and don't get me wrong, the fishery in Jersey is awesome. Uh, but you know, we just had to, uh, go so far and spend so much money on gas and all this stuff. So moving here to South Florida and seeing how that was where, you know, these guys are in these little skiffs and boats catching these monster fish. It was awesome. So uh, one day I was talking to my wife and we were in the gym and I said to her, you know what, I, I, I just want to buy a kayak, you know, and, and see how this goes. Because I started watching Discovery Channel with a cocktail one night with her and we saw the thing on those, those Indian guys catching those whales, you know, and it just kind of all came together. It was, it was weird. And um, pretty much from there, man, I got hooked. Uh, my first time out, uh, I caught a bunch of kingfish and then uh, probably like my second or third I caught a big 30 pound mahi mahi and you know that was kind of the point w where I started posting these pictures on social media and back then not a lot of people were doing that and they were just blowing up and they were being shared all over the place and finally I started having people ask me you know hey you know can you take me out hey can you take me out so I uh, me and Doug Perez, who works with Extreme now, we started taking people out in groups, uh, kayak fishing offshore to show these people how it's done, to show them that it's not intimidating and hard. And, um, and that's what we did for about a year. And, uh, and then it just kind of got insane where we were getting groups of like 30 people and we just couldn't even keep up, you know, the people at the beach, there was a guy that had a wave runner business and he was like yelling at us, you know, coming in because there's so many people. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was that's, like that's like hurting kittens, man. Oh my God. He was so mad. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, basically from then on 2010 is when, uh, Doug and I were talking and I, and, and my wife, and that's when we were talking about extreme. And uh, just thinking of something uh, that can that can not only be a kayak tournament per se, I was picturing more of a uh, event 
And um, someone like me, you know, I fish tournaments my whole life. Uh, I fish with my grandfather, my father, um, both of them together, striper tournaments, tuna tournaments. And, you know, the beauty of that was I got to see um, and, and feel what it was like to, to be in uh, on a stage and to have like the champagne shower and the big checks and, and that feeling. Um, but not only that, you know, some of these, they were small in scale, but they were more of an event. There was other stuff going on. And, uh, when I moved here to South Florida, uh, I started fishing Jamie Bunn's tournaments who runs blue water movements and he does a fabulous job. And, um, and that's where I kind of also grabbed some stuff from there. And, and, you know, it's kind of a mix of all this different stuff I learned through the years fishing these events. And then it just spewed out you know, extreme kayak fishing. And, um, and that was the big thing. We just, we wanted to make it fun for everybody because I knew that, especially with, with the title, right. And, and it being new at the time, um, we knew that it, if you lost, we wanted to make it so that it was still fun so that they would right. come back. That right. was really important because we literally built something from nothing. And, uh, you know, we just, we, we didn't want to discourage people if they got caught in a current or because this stuff happens and we wanted to have it to where, when they did get back to the beach after working their tail off. And remember, this is back then where not all the people had Hobies. Uh, right. You look at our old photos from like 2011 and 12, it was an, it was ocean kayaks, Malibu right. kayaks. You know, these were guys paddling, you know, all day. Now it's, if you look at these photos, it's, you know, 90% Hobies with the barrage drive. So, you know, back then these guys naturally, as you know, your, your lower body, you know, it's stronger. So it's like riding a bicycle, but these guys, they, uh, they were working their tails off and it was tough for people, but they would come back to the beach, right. And they would have a beer, you know, donated from our sponsor Budweiser. They would have a sub from, um, you know, Jersey Mike subs, they'd have Zona Fresca, they'd have all this stuff and there'd be girls, you know, handing out stuff and they'd be taking photos with, you know, people on stage. And, um, we, we listen, we're, we even have where when you get back to the beach, you can get a massage, you know, we really? have, oh yeah, we have vendors from all over Pompano. Wow. Come. You can get a massage, you know, we got chiropractors that come. Um, so, you know, that, that was the goal was when you get back to shore, we're going to treat you like a king or uh, queen. So that was, um, that was the goal. And that was years ago. And then, you know, nine years later, um, here we are today and we're still here and, uh, we're bigger and better than ever. And, and now we're even expanding into the freshwater scene. So, you know, we're, we're excited and, um, it was a lot of work, you know, I'm not going to lie. Um, I oh, get, I, know. Oh, they, I get a lot of people that ask me, you know, Joe, you know, um, I want to do a tournament, you know, what advice can you give me? And I always tell people the best advice I can give you is, is two things. One, try not to take every, like you told me, try not to take everything personally, right? Because it'll drive you insane. And right. two, two, and this is the most important, you have to be a people person. Don't just go out and send emails to people and think that you're going to like make it big and be this millionaire and have a hundred thousand people at your event. That's not going to happen. You got to get on the road. You got to, you got to work your tail off. Um, 
you know, just, just listen, I'm a, a New Jersey guy from a, from a hardworking family, you know, that, that puts in AC units in Newark, New Jersey. All right. That's where I come from. And that's, that's, you know, working in the snow and the heat and all that stuff and on rooftops, you know, and, um, you know, that hard work, you know, I put into this event, you know, you want to show up, you want to be at that person's door. You want to shake their hand, you know, you, that's that's the most important thing is building relationships. Um, so you know that's the best advice I can tell people because in this day and age, um, you know it's all people are so addicted to social media online, and 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 I feel it's kind of hindering the um, uh, the social aspect of real life. Uh, yeah, in I agree. Way. So I agree, and and you're also fighting because there is so so much social media. I know it's something we have to deal with. Uh, and being established and you're an established event, but you're still dealing with the, the old uh, pro staff handshake, uh -huh. which is this, you know, uh -huh. what can you give me? Uh -huh. And, you know, so the, the companies that we're having to go to, uh, to, you know, we're having to deal with getting them to respect what we're doing. So having a history certainly helps, but it does make it more difficult all the time. Sure. And, and I said, and, and and like I said, I've been to the events. I did the uh, battle in the Bahamas, uh, which I yeah. don't be doing anymore. No, no, um, that, that that had to have been a logistical pain in the butt. Um, yeah, um, we've actually been approached uh, to to maybe come back and do it again at another place. Um, uh, again, we'll see what happens, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, we did it for four years. The original plan was actually to do it for three, um, and we signed a three year contract with them. And, um, it was, it was probably that tournament probably aged me 10 years, my friend. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to go into too many details, but I will say that, um, on the good side, we met people and built relationships, um, with some of the anglers that, that, you know, fished that event that we'll have for a lifetime. So, you know, it, it, it was a, um, an awesome tournament to where, you know, it was kind of a, more of a, you know, it wasn't huge by any means, but it was more of a uh, family atmosphere and and it was enjoyable, man. I mean, it was a good time and um, we appreciate, you know, all the hard work that the uh, Bohemians did and, and, and my team as well to get that thing going. And then after the three years, um, you know, I said, listen, let's just go year to year on this thing. And I signed another year contract. We ended up doing one more, but then, you know, we were pretty much done with that. So okay. uh, we, we decided to come home. <laughs> A lot easier to do stuff when you can come home and sleep in your own home bed every day, right? Versus uh, exactly. Traveling. I mean, like I said, I, like I said I went to that one, and I could definitely we filmed it, and I could definitely see where that would be. Yeah, you have to run that event. But like I said, I mean, you guys did such a fantastic job of it. Thank you. Uh, and, Thank you. And the, the events, and the, you know, like I said, it was a kind of a shame that I I happened to be the one who brought bad weather to you. For the uh, sailfish smackdown, <laughs> you know, but you've got you've got a lot of big fish. Like I said you got the big um, big mahi or dorado, oh. we call them here off yeah. your kayak. And yeah, man. One thing I've you know I've never caught off my kayak is a wahoo, um, and I've caught yeah. wahoo, but I never got one off my kayak. Yeah, and as I was in I was in uh, Curacao, and we were specifically there to get wahoo. And if we put on wire, we didn't get bit. If yeah. you put on fluorocarbon, you got bit off yep. every single time. It was just like it was one of the most frustrating things. What for 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 a guy who hasn't caught one? What would you say is that? Because I know you've caught a lot of wahoo. Yeah. What would, what's a good tip for somebody who wants to catch wahoo? Uh, 
it's funny because uh, last night we had our Wahoo seminar and uh, at Nautical Venture. Oh, really? Yeah, and we ended up talking. Okay. And, uh, and so it's a good question. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, the biggest tip I would tell someone is if you're gonna if you're gonna target Wahoo, uh, you want to always go out on an outgoing tide right around those moons. Um, you know, other than that, you know, oh, oh, in August, let me tell you something: June, July, August, even September. Um, but I'll tell you what: those August Wahoo are monsters. They're the big breeders that come from the Bahamas. And, um, you know, we have pictures, people can go to our website and check them out from our tournaments. I mean, uh, our record Wahoo right now in extreme is 71 pounds. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And we actually had an angler that had a 59 pounder and he actually came from Cuba to fish our tournament and he had the record for about an hour and a half. <laughs> and then the 71 pounder came in. So, um, <laughs> It was pretty funny. But yeah, I mean, the biggest advice I could tell you is if you're going to target that fish, you you have to go a certain time of year, uh, like August, for instance, and then you want to go in an outgoing tide right around those full moons. Uh, and you know, I don't think we've actually mentioned it. This is, you're out of uh, Pompano? Pompano Beach, correct. Oh, yeah, Pompano South Beach. Florida. And that's the one thing that's cool about Pompano, um, unlike so many other areas in Florida, you don't have to go that far to get the blue water. Oh. I mean, there's so many areas of Florida, you guys got to go forever. Sure, sure. And, and down there, I mean, that blue water is right there. Oh, yeah, you can get everything. I mean, listen, you're catching swordfish, you know, a little less than 20 miles offshore. I mean, that's that's amazing. You know, that's that's you're catching tilefish, uh, you know, halfway in between. So, uh, and you got a lot of kayak guys that are starting to do that now is catch the tilefish. So, you Aren't know, it's super deep. Uh, tile fish is right around the swordfish area, uh, okay. and you can get, and, you, and the goldens are a little deeper, but you can get the tile fish in, you know, uh, 600 to 800 feet of water. So, um, you know, these guys are going out there and they're starting to do that. It's kind of a new way of kayak fishing and new gear, new stuff. So, um, I like to see the change ups like that. So people are starting to target them. Uh, we had a guy catch uh, Brandon Odell who fishes my events. He actually caught a uh, golden tile. Um, about two years ago, so yeah. which was pretty cool, um, especially on the kayak. Yeah, for sure. Actually, yeah. so I don't know if you saw it. I know you uh, you kind of had a goal of a swordfish for there oh, for a while, and I had uh, one. I had one on. Yeah, we hooked up, and first of all, I wasn't ready for it. And I've caught so to kind of rewind. I've caught swordfish in the past, right? Uh, when I moved here to South Florida, and uh, I went out with a buddy that did it commercially, and I learned quite a bit from him. And, uh, we, we said, listen, let's, let's try to do this. You know, I, th I think we could do it. I think we can make it work and let, we'll film it and, and see what happens. And again, this is, this is years ago. This is when I was uh, still in my twenties, I think. So, um, you know, being a, being a 28 year old kid, you know, wanting to just, you know, right. get that, get that feeling and that glory. I've caught everything else. You know, I want, that's, that's what I want, you know, on the kayak. So, um, we went out there and, uh, we tried it three times, but the first time we tried, I was sitting there and I'm just diddling on my phone, trying to get music on. And of course, you know, that's when it always happens. And my kayak man started going backwards. This thing rocked me. I had water going over me. I lost my phone. Uh, I mean, it was, I, you know, you got these glowing, gl um, you know, uh, jellyfish all over you. And I mean, I, 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 it turned the kayak and I couldn't get the rod out of the rod holder. Uh, because again, you're using like a 50 wide, it's heavy. Um, and then you got that, the thing with those swordfish was he, he was going straight down. 
So I, there was nothing I can do. I couldn't get it up. I couldn't, there's, there was nothing I can do. And then he ended up just popping off. And I was like, thank freaking God, man. <laughs> did, did you see, uh, I mean, there's years and years and years ago, a guy caught one that was like this big. Where's my camera? I mean, it yeah. was tiny. And was he like, came into the beach with this, uh, all proud that he caught a swordfish. It's like, I mean, it probably yeah. was. And I think it was illegal too. You can't keep them small like that. It, it, was, it was terrible. But a guy just within the last few days, and I think it was like in the med, um, caught a decent size one. Uh, really? So it, it may be the first real legitimate swordfish off a kayak that I've where, seen. Where did he? Where did he do this? I, I'm. I think he's in the med. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I'm pretty sure because the whole post was in a, in another language. And the, um, okay. Wow. I think he's an Italian guy. Okay. Um, I, I'd have to look it up. But I, I was like, I saw that post and I'm like, wow, somebody finally did it. A legitimate. That's sword. pretty. That's pretty I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a huge one by any means, but it wasn't, you know, didn't still have the umbilical cord still attached either. <laughs> that's, awesome. <laughs> that's cool. But yeah, I mean, uh, and, and to kind of go back to the Wahoo real quick too, another thing that I always stress to tell people with Wahoo, and this is other fish in general too. I think what made me really successful was that, um, you know, I always used live bait, right? But that's not why. What I did was I didn't let the live bait do all the work for me. Um, I would consistently, uh, we talked about this in the seminar last night, um, and you know, guys would make fun of me because I would let, I would let the bait out slow, like a live gog, and then real, and then after ten minutes to five minutes, if I didn't get a bite or anything, I'd reel it back up, let them out again, reel them back up, let them out again. Are, are you fishing on a drift or are you trolling? Drifting, yeah, drifting. Okay, yeah. and I know you um, get some pretty ripping currents there. Yeah, we do, we do, and uh, I'll tell you what, most of my biggest wahoo uh, were as I was letting my bait out. Um, so really? yeah, yeah, so. Um, you know, that's another tip for guys that maybe want to target them. I think you gotta, you gotta play with the bait a little bit and, um, you know, presentation as we all know, as fishermen is always key. And, uh, some of the problems with this area and offshore in general is that you have these strong currents, like you just mentioned, and it kind of makes the bait look funky in a lot of different situations. Okay. So, um, you know, I try to tell people you're on a, you're on a little kayak, you're not on a boat. You know what I mean? So um, I feel like on a kayak, sometimes you have to work a little harder because you're so light on the water um, that, you know, just always check your bait, you know, always fiddle with it, always make sure that it's swimming correctly. Um, if you're not getting a bite after a certain amount of time, reel it up, check it out. Just don't be lazy when you're out there, unless you want to be lazy when you're out there. I mean, right. there's times I want to be lazy, but um, <laughs> if, you're, if you're really targeting these fish and you want to do it right, uh, you got to work the bait, literally. So, oh, that's interesting. Now yeah. you're uh, obviously you're using wire, um, yeah, uh, a single circle hook, or um, you doing the stinger rig, or what are you oh, doing? So yeah, stinger rig is your is your lifeline uh, when you're out there. So uh, I would say seventy percent of my wahoo that were caught were only hooked by the stinger in the throat. The J hook was was really? dead. Free. Yeah, correct. So, uh, because what happens is that Wahoo is coming in and they're stunning the bait, you know, and then they come back around and they eat the rest of it. Um, what happens is I'm catching them when they're stunning it. 
I gotcha. So it's kind of out of whack, you know what I mean? And then he comes back to swallow it, and that's where the hook. So a lot of people lose their fish, like kingfish and wahoo, when they do that initial stun. So, um, you know, the stinger is just really effective when it comes to getting those type of fish. Um, if you're fishing one of my events, I would say it's a must in, uh, you know, in our SummerSlam tournaments. Very cool. Uh, we got a bunch of questions here. And so I want to just kind of rip through some of these or questions and comments. And this is a cool one. And, and this is what I really love. And I say this every every week. Uh, we have Robert Kirkwood. Hi from Northern Ireland. So this okay. is what I love about doing this. We get people watching this from all over the world. And you get people in your tournament from all over the world. Sure. I, I, I've seen that. It's really, I think there were some guys from England um, at the last one I was at. Uh, we have, we've had South Africa. We've had China. Um, I don't think we've had England. Maybe. Who knows? I mean, I get, we get people from all over the place. I mean, especially all over the United States. Um, uh, like I said, Cuba. We've had guys uh, from there. Um, so yeah, we get guys from all over and it's, and it's really amazing. I never would have thought, uh, something like that would happen. That's, and that's the cool thing about how this sport really has grown globally, you know, sure. Uh, sure. compared to when, you know, it, it really got its, its big start in California. I think it's next good push was, um, Texas, uh, New England has a, a great community of kayak anglers sure. Sure. and then it started moving inland and then out globally there's a lot of guys in great britain kayak fishing um i mean i, I talk to guys in portugal it's it's amazing and that's what i love about this sport it's yeah and it, it is a great community so uh mitch lecoup how are you doing man thanks for joining us again um justin hausner what are some must-haves on the kayak for one of your slams okay so um Obviously, we'll start with safety. Uh, Must-haves is your PFD, um, and that's <laughs> Jim hates me for that. Um, but that's we're a must. Talk more about that. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Here we go. <laughs> um, but that's one of your must-haves. With your, um, you obviously need a radio, and uh, you also need a flag, a visual device, and a sound device. Uh, the radio for the slam is not mandatory. It is mandatory for the Sailfish Smackdown because of weather and all that. Um, but I highly recommend for the slam that you have a radio, um, and that's for multiple reasons. You can go out with your buddies. You can you know, pick your own channel, you know, and do your own thing. A lot of these guys do that and try to be all stealthy. Um, or you can sneak in on the charter guys channel and see where they're at and what they're catching. And, right. you know, there's a lot of, um, a lot of good stuff when you got a radio. Um, I would, I would suggest also, um, because of the currents you guys have mm -hmm. is a, I mean, not a requirement, but for guys who are going to do it, a PLB, you know, okay. uh, personal locator beacon like this. I mean, this sure. can get you help from guys out on the water in, in a hurry. So sure, that, sure. that's a great one. Awesome. Um, but yeah, um, we're, we're definitely going to talk more about the PFD here. And <laughs> um, Jim is itching to, to talk about it. I am. Um, how um, many averaged per slam? I, I am guessing participants, Dave, is that what you mean? Uh, let me, let me finish the, uh, what was the first guy's, the first guy's question was the oh, most Justin. Yeah, so uh, I just mentioned like the safety safety stuff first, um, and then must haves is obviously uh, you know your live well for your live bait. Uh, if you're fishing the slam, um, I mean you have to fish live bait. It's just every winner you know from all the way back to 2010 you know has had live bait. So uh, that's a must have. Um, you know, bring a knife. Bring you know uh, 
extra line, extra stuff. Listen, and here's a tip for uh, for you as well. If you're planning on fishing the slam, uh, this is a this is something that a lot of the seasoned anglers do. Make sure you uh, you check everything before the tournament, and I would just reline all the rods you're going to use. Totally reline it all. Get it all brand new and fresh. Um, that's something that's a little trick that a lot of these guys do. And, and you know what, um, when it comes to your rigs, have them all pre-rigged laid out beautifully in little bags before the event. Uh, I'm a stickler with that. So you want everything to look nice in your certain little areas. And, uh, cause remember you're going to be a swivel out there and, uh, you got to be a key of multitasking, right? So you want to make sure that all your stuff is in areas where you know they are and it's speed because our tournament is essentially time. And you're in a kayak and you got, you don't have an engine to get back. So, um, you know, that is super important. You want to be fast and effective at everything you do when you fish my events. Well, so. uh, let's, let's get into this. I mean, you're talking about, you know, you want to be fast, you want to do this. Um, one of the reasons it, it, this could be lucrative. I mean, if you win this thing, sure. What, what, what's somebody walking away with from, from the winning one of these events? Sure. I mean, first place wins five, five grand. Um, and that's not including the Calcutta. I mean, you got to remember we've had events where like the selfish SmackDown where the Calcutta ended up being a higher payout than the first place payout. Um, so, you know, that that's, if you, if you win the event and win the Calcutta, you can walk away with 10 grand. You know, I mean, stuff like that happened. And that's the beauty of the Calcuttas. Um, we have multiple divisions, like the tuna division and all that. Um, and lots of prizes as well. You know, kayaks, uh, you know, Garmin GPSs, Costas. I mean, we have high quality, uh, good stuff. So, um, well, yeah, you guys have the big captain's meeting, kind of yeah. get together the night before the tournaments. Correct. Correct. Um, yes. We have a huge kickoff party at Brews Room. And uh, we have our huge raffle there to benefit the Broward's Children's Center. Um, we've had them since the very beginning, and we're really close with those kids. And uh, this year, it's it's amazing. We have a uh, we're giving away a Hobie um, Passport kayak as one of our big prizes in the raffle, and also a huge mahi mahi fish mount uh, from Global Fish Mounts and some beautiful Garmin GPS units and Costas and all that fun stuff. So it's well, I like pe people. Like I said, these guys these guys do it right. If it, it's it. If you're think about doing tournaments and you want to travel somewhere to go do a tournament, or if you're in that area, this is the one tournament I said. There's only a couple tournaments that I ever said that I needed to do, and that is your guys' events. I appreciate. And there was the the other one, which was paddling, navigation, and catching fish. And I don't remember what it was called now. And oh. they did it for a few years, and then they just kind of dropped off the face of the earth. But it was one of the coolest events because you had to navigate a course. You had to check in at different spots. Interesting. Uh, okay. And so you had to check into the spot, catch fish in that area, go to another spot, catch fish in that area. So that was a cool event too. Um, but And it's cool to see that you guys are getting into the freshwater end, the exotics and all that. That's, that's really yes. cool. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. Oh, uh, Dave Fowler, how many averaged per slams? And again, I'm, I'm guessing he means per event. How okay, many guys so, you get in an event? Yeah, per an event, it's uh, a little over 100 per summer slam. Um, so they're our biggest throughout the year. The sailfish, you know, gets uh, 80 to 100, but that's weather permitting, of course. You know, that one can go either way. Um, right. But it's still one of my favorite events because you're, I mean, listen, you're going for billfish. There's really nothing sweet yeah, that yeah that's 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 the prestigious thing you know exactly exactly uh but yeah over 100 uh scott has a good point here tournaments for me are all about 
fishing and hanging with other hardcore fishermen. Yeah, for me, the tournaments have always been about the hanging out. Yeah. Um, and, and you guys, again, you guys do that part of the tournament so well. Yeah, an interesting fact um, for him is, uh, what I want to say to him is that uh, my favorite part of the Summer Slams is the shoot-off. And, you know, it's bright and early in the morning and everyone's pumped up, you know, and we, and what we do is for the morning shoot off, you'll see a line of, you know, over a hundred kayaks and we have music blasting in the background, you know, like Metallica and all this stuff, just getting people pumped up and ready to compete, you know? And when you walk down the beach and you, and you see this line of kayaks and, you know, you see that every kayak is kind of a reflection of the angler, right? You know, they, they all, every kayak's different. And they have their own style and their own way of uh, their gear and building things and all their, you know, do-it-yourself stuff. And uh, it's it's a sight to see. Even if you're not fishing the event, uh, coming to the morning shoot-offs, we get, like, groupies that come and, and hang out, you know, at our shoot-offs because they're so much fun. Well, yeah. And, 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 and again, you know, it, that's something you guys have done so well is it – which you don't see a lot in, in kayak fishing tournaments – uh, Chad has done pretty well with his bass fishing um, stuff and brings in actual spectators, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and, and, you know, if you can get people to come in and watch a weigh in, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. And sure. you're know, excited because you guys have so much other stuff going on. Right. Um, uh, Weiss, uh, we are so lucky to live here in South Florida and be able to fish in tournaments like the extreme tournaments. He actually continues on here. The Bahamas tournament was the best tournament and the best five days I ever spent with a bunch of amazing fishermen. Yeah. Now that was, like I said, that, that was just a whole thing. And you get a lot of people that come to every event, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. We, we, it's not just the competing anglers. It's, it's, people that come just to witness the event, just to see what's going on, to meet the anglers, to uh, pick the anglers' brains. I mean, um, it's, you know, at the event itself, it's open to the public. So we get all these uh, local fishermen, whether it's boat guys, I mean, just fishermen in general uh, that come and want to pick these guys' brains. I mean, uh, to me, the guys that fish extreme, uh, especially the ones that have been doing it for years, they're, they're some of the best of the best of the world. I mean, I'm talking about guys that can jig with both arms, you know, one handed. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, stuff, crazy stuff, kite fishing from a kayak. I mean, just amazing stuff through the years. That's just, um, it just needs to be talked about more. I mean, it is talked about a lot, but it's just so amazing to me that it just, I, it, you know, it's, uh, it should be everywhere. Uh, Katarina Johansson. Hi, Ina. How are you? She's in Sweden. She's Ooh, my okay. good friend from Sweden. Hello. Um, what is this? Mark Bus Holman, that you, my mate. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but uh, uh, we have Darren Bell from Australia. Um, he says, actually, that EPIRBs are big over in Australia. Very cool. And, and that's very cool. And as you can see, we do have people watching this from uh, on our YouTube channel as awesome. well as on the Facebook page. Um, if anybody is watching in the Facebook group or any place that this was shared, we won't see your questions if you're posting them unless you post them on either Kayak Fishing Tales, oh. our YouTube channel, or on the Kayak Fishing Show page. Uh, gotcha. if, you if, you, if you post a question in any of those er other areas, we're not seeing it. So... Uh, you know, make sure you, you switch over and um, do that there. Oh, so 
one other thing are you still doing the uh like a series championship thing the ring oh yeah yeah so, that's how that works is uh we have a ring uh championship ring the company that makes our ring uh actually created um uh one of the super bowl rings for the colts when they won the super bowl that one year so uh a very good company and uh we build it in a super bowl size and oh really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's really amazing. Um, if you, um, I think I got pictures. Uh, I, I got pictures all over the website. But um, yeah, that's the ring page, um, and that's John McCroy uh, with. It shows his stats there. If you scroll down on our uh, series ring page, uh, you'll actually see throughout the years uh, the stats and the anglers. This is the running right now. If you scroll up a little bit, yeah. So it, this is very close. Uh, if you look at the top ten. Uh, total weight. So our events are total weight. Um, you'll have, so you, so it all starts with the sailfish smackdown in the winter. A sailfish is considered 10 pounds. Okay. So what makes that very important is Sean rolls. Okay. If you see, he's in first place right now, uh, but we still have our last tournament coming up in August. But the reason why he's in first place is because he got that 10 extra points from a sailfish. So that bumped him up. Uh, because a, a lot of guys, right, um, right. I see that. Yeah. yeah. So that's very important. So, um, it's, it's kind of, you know, a way to show these guys, listen, do the sailfish tournament because now that's going to help you win the ring. Um, but yeah, it's, a, this is one of our closest races we've ever had. I mean, it's, and if you look at it, it's, uh, we have no idea right now where it's, well, yeah, be. that's so this one here for between first and second is a two pound difference. I yeah. Mean, like, yeah. Exactly. That's just a matter of the fish eating another bait. Exactly. Now, <laughs> what can also happen is what happened uh, with John McCroy with the Wahoo, his 71-pound Wahoo. He came in and didn't fish part one, fished part two, and caught a Wahoo, a tuna, and ended up winning the ring because he got he loaded, <laughs> he loaded up on all of his weight in that one tournament. So um, I don't think that's obviously probably not going to happen this time, but – um, you just never know what's going to happen with the ring. And, um, it's just, it's beautiful. It's, uh, it's something that everyone wants. It's actually getting to a point where these guys want to win, win the ring, uh, over the cash, you know, and it's, it's funny because they, well, just, again, that's, that's another one of those bragging rights things, right? Which so often is more important. <laughs> exactly. Um, if you scroll up, um, just a little bit, uh, or go upward a little bit. Uh, up, up, yeah, yeah. Uh, one more, Greg. Yeah, Greg Nolan. So Greg Nolan will be presented the ring at this event. Um, so that's how we always do it. So the it, whoever wins the SummerSlam two will get the ring in the following SummerSlam two. He'll be presented the ring, and then we we showcase the winner, the new winner of the ring, and he gets congratulated by the the champion from the year before who receives the ring. Very cool. Where's Greg uh, in this year's standings? Uh, let's see. I don't. I don't see him up there. So, oh, the, I did. It doesn't look like he's going to be. He's at twenty six. Doesn't yeah, look like he's going to be handing himself a ring. You never know, man. You know, what? <laughs> I get a ninety nine pound wahoo. I mean, <laughs> you don't know. It's crazy. So this, it's over. Um, I'm going to drop that thing back down. Um, so it's over three events. Uh, yeah, yeah. As of right now, yes, it's over three. Um, so yeah, it starts off with the selfish smackdown. 
uh, every sailfish you get is 10 pounds. Okay. And then it, you know, you go to SummerSlam one and then SummerSlam two, and then, and then you get the ring. It's over. So the, the exotic, uh, tournament won't be included. Not yet. We'll okay. see. We'll see. Uh, we got big plans for that. Um, obviously we want to see where it goes first and, um, and put one on. Um, we, uh, we actually just ended up getting the, uh, sports commission in West Palm beach as a, as a major sponsor for that event, um, which will help us pay for uh, a lot of the costs. So, um, that was a big step into, uh, uh, you know, moving this event forward. And, um, the plan is, is to have that event in April, uh, coming up next year. So, uh, that's where we're at right now. And the solid date for that event will be out uh, in a couple weeks. So you can also go to the website if you're interested in exotics like peacock bass and clown knifefish, uh, which are both going to be in my event. We're going to have a clown knifefish division, uh, oh, catch, cool. a, catch a release, just like the sailfish tournament. It'll be pretty much the same way setup wise. First person that lands it wins second place, second place, you know, moves on from there. We'd like to keep things simple. Um, right. And then with the peacock bass, um, you know, that's a catch and release as well. But how we do it is you can bring that fish back to the stage and we showcase it kind of like a Bassmaster Classic-esque uh, type feel, but with exotic fish instead of regular bass. That sounds very, very cool. So uh, if people are wondering where I've been looking, it is at ExtremeKayakFishing.com. And of course, they have the Facebook page, Extreme Kayak Fishing Inc., um, and there's just tons of information there. It's, it's, a, it's a really good website as far as all the information, including the rules and all that. And I saw, and I don't know if it's a new one or not, but I saw recently you've uh, started allowing motors as a separate division. Correct. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where we've had so many people kind of come to us and ask us about it. We've had potential sponsors come over the years that wanted to maybe try something in that route. Um, and I feel like, you know, we're at a point now where I, uh, why say no? Um, you know, we're trying to, um, showcase this event to every angler. And if someone, you know, wants to fish, uh, on a kayak with a, with an engine, like a Torquedo or a Newport or whatever, um, why not? So, um, what we planned on is this year, just kind of like a feeler where uh, next year is really where it's going to take hold. But this year we just kind of threw a feeler out to where, um, we started a division, uh, for anglers with motors that can come and compete. Um, the prize isn't that big. It's just a feeler, but next year, uh, for you guys that are really interested in this division with a nice payout, you're probably going to have that. So that's um, cool. And, and I think personally, I think this is the way to do it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think, you know, I know Chad, you know, in his bass fishing, it's, it's, uh, it's you know, everybody, if you want to have a motor, you can have a motor. If, if you don't, you don't, but I, I like this better. I think kayaking should be self-propelled um, in the tournament aspect to still call it kayak fishing. And mm -hmm. then, so I like, I like that. I, it sounds really good. To, I agree to have with a separate right. division. Yeah. I, I, I don't, to me, I don't think it's really that it's fair. I mean, you know, these guys are working their tails off in a current, you know, let them battle it out for their side of the money and let the motor guys battle it out for their side of the money. I mean, why not? Right. Right. For sure. So, uh, I saw your, your sailfish rules. Um, of course that's all catch and release, no yes. taking the fish out of the water, no, uh, no. you know, very much uh, conservation minded. Yes. Um, and, and that's so that's very cool. So obviously the fish isn't weighed, it's not measured. It's just strictly 
what is it? It's like who catches the first one and then whoever catches the most. Is, Cor and correct. I, yeah, I mean, tiebreaker is who catches it first. Yeah, correct. So, I mean, it's pretty easy. Uh, whoever gets the most sailfish wins. Uh, tiebreaker is the guy who gets the fish first wins the tiebreaker. Simple. Just like that. Um, Have you had multiples by one person? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Benny has the record for the most sailfish caught in the sailfish smackdown, which is four. Um, four. Four. Yeah. That's, is that two days? That's two days, correct. Okay. Yeah. He caught, uh, I believe it was two in one day and then two in the other day. So wow. um, he killed it. Yeah, he did a good job. So uh, we've had winners with that event from Oklahoma um, pretty much all over That's that's uh, been on the winning stand. Um, so it's it's uh, Texas. We've had winners from Texas. We've had uh, winners from the Carolinas for that event. So um, it, it, for a while, it was a battle of the locals and out-of-towners, which was pretty cool. You know? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, and um, it was amazing that these out-of-towners were doing so well in that tournament catching billfish because, you know, you, you wouldn't really think that because they don't live here. They don't know the waters. But then when you when you really think about it, I mean, the sailfish, they're kind of all moving through at the same time. Why not? You know, yeah, it, it can be kind of a, it's a pelagic. So yeah, it's a, it's a crapshoot. It's, you know, whoever has the bait in the right place and right. a lot of guys out there with their bait. So, and that's the beauty of it. That's why I think that event has also uh, been very popular is anyone can win. So. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, like I said, I, I, I got to talk about it. Sure. Um, it's cause it's something I'm passionate about. It's the whole PFD thing. People die doing this sport every year. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really wish that you would require people to wear the PFD. And it actually, it kind of bothered me uh, when I saw a post after one of your events. Mm -hmm. And it was a young kid out mm -hmm. there with a good size fish. So he's obviously offshore oh, and, sure. no, and no PFD on. Mm -hmm. And so, things can go wrong in such a hurry that, like I said, I personally wish that you would oh, really... Sure really start it's your tournament obviously you can do whatever you want but yeah. i i would love to see that wearing the pfd was required and i and i totally um and jim you know i respect that i i totally respect that um what i want people to understand is that they do have a pfd with them it's mandatory so i do want people to understand before i get into this conversation that they have it it's there it's right. mandatory and not only that we have the coast guard on the beach before the event, checking everyone's kayaks to make sure they have all their safety gear. So we do take safety very seriously. Now, what I want people to understand when it comes to wearing the PFD is that when these kayakers go out and they're fishing, most of these guys, like the child that you saw, uh, first of all, he was right next to his dad the whole time, right? And not only that, we have multiple help boats that are out there and spy boats that are out there. Uh, that people don't know about that watch over these kayak anglers and that do not lose these guys. And, and you got to remember when these kayakers go out, they don't have motors. So they're all kind of bundled in an area that we surround. Uh, if something does go wrong, most of the time, I would say 99.99% we're going to know about it because someone's going to be in that area, whether it's a kayak angler or a boat. Um, you know, to be honest, I, I, I just, I'm one of those guys where, um, I'm strict with the rules we have, 
but I don't want to be that guy that just says you have to wear this and you're disqualified if you're hot and you take it off for five minutes or, you know, I just, it, to me, it just kind of, I don't know. It's, it, they have it. Uh, I'm following the law that that's written. So that's I, true. so I feel that, you know, do it, they, do they at least have, have to have it on deck? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, they mean, have, it can't, yeah, be, yeah. can't be inside the kayak. Correct. And that, and that's where the coast guard comes in. They come and check that out. Um, and they recommend that as well. And every angler gets a sticker from the coast guard, uh, once their kayak is checked. So, I mean, we, we trust me when it comes to safety, uh, and we're going on almost 10 years, you know, we, we've been a stickler, uh, when it comes to that. So, yeah, we have guys checking kayaks in the morning, like Marco uh, and a couple of our sponsors, like Nautical Ventures, that that really help out and check every single person's kayak to make sure they have all their safety gear um, and, and you know, and then some. Um, and that's the beauty sometimes of our captain bags as well. We we get uh, some of the safety gear, like uh, Hobie, for instance, will donate us uh, like flags and whistles, which helps you know with some of these out of towners. Let's say they're missing one thing. You know, although thank God I got I got that captain bag from Extreme that helps out as well. So um, I totally yeah, respect what you're saying, but I I you know I'm just following the law and and no I I I, I, I can res I respect that. And for people who are wondering, um, as far as a flag goes, mm -hmm. if there's swell and that sort of thing, it makes a huge difference on being seen. Um, you yeah. get a, somebody who drops down into swell. Um, I mean, I, I've seen it firsthand so many times where having that flag, that bright orange flag yeah. makes you so much more visible. So sure. anything you can do to make yourself more visible, um, anytime you're on the water, particularly if you're in any kind of high traffic areas, you know, we had the, the guy who was killed in Texas, you know, he was out in the dark, in a channel, no lights, no PFD, and he got hit by a boat. Um, you know, and that's the thing, you know, you, you know, here's the thing. What I hate is when people do stupid things and ruin it for everybody else. Right. And, and, and to be honest, that's, that's, you know, most, not all, most of these accidents that you hear about, isn't someone doing the right thing. You know, they're, they're, oh, they're, right. they're taking that risk. They're going the extra mile when then maybe they shouldn't. Right. They're, they're in conditions beyond their right. abilities. And the main reason that I get on the, the PFD thing and, and why I would like to see it uh, as, as a requirement is that it um, it sets an example for those people. Because most of the people who are doing the extreme kayak fishing tournament are yeah. good guys. I mean, they're, they're experienced. Oh, yeah. They're not going to enter an extreme kayak fishing tournament, generally speaking, unless right. they have that experience and they're true watermen. But it's the example they set sure. for the people who are watching who think that, well, these guys aren't wearing a PFD. I don't need a PFD. And that person gets out on a kayak and can't even swim and doesn't know how to self-rescue. Sure. You know, it, it's yeah. so, totally so that, yeah. that's kind of, that's kind of where I go with it. But, um, so all your information on all the tournaments. What's the when's the next one? Yeah, I know you got one coming up pretty soon. Yeah, right? yeah. The next one is uh, August tenth, uh, and then our kickoff party is August eighth at Brews Room in Pompano Beach. And our raffle is open to the public. So if you're interested, oh in really? Yeah, and helping out, uh, we we would appreciate it. And you know, anything helps. And we got awesome prizes. So it's why not? It's a big party. It's a lot of fun. Um, you'll meet some of the best of the best offshore anglers in the country. 
and you know you get to have a beer with them and and have a good time. Um, so and then the uh, the event itself is going to be the tenth, and uh, that's at Pompano Beach Pier. And you know what's awesome about Pompano, and and we've been there forever now, is that they totally redid that whole area. And for a couple of years, it sucked when we were doing our events because they're doing all this construction and it, you know, it, it but now, I mean, the, what they did, it's beautiful. Um, all the lights and the new buildings. And, uh, we actually, uh, for the sailfish tournament, it's called, uh, the Pompano beach house. It's a new, um, uh, basically a restaurant slash outdoor place where you can go out there, look at the beautiful beach. It's right on the beach. It's beautiful. Um, and that's built right by the pier. Uh, and they're building another one right there too, but we have our kickoff party, um, or, or award ceremony. I'm sorry. Uh, at the Pompano Beach House for the sale for SmackDown. So it's beautiful. So if, if somebody's coming in from uh, out of town, uh, if they're going to be driving there and all that, do you have recommendations for places for people to stay or that have accommodations sure. for a kayak, trailer, or anything like that? So sure. you yeah. can kind of point people in the right direction? Definitely, yeah. I mean, if you send me an email, joe at extremekayakfishing.com, um, or my wife, Maria at extreme kayakfishing.com. You know, we're always there to help. Uh, we'll answer you uh, fairly fast. <clears throat> um, you know, obviously the closer you get to the tournament, um, it might take a day sometimes cause we do get loaded up, but, um, you know, we're always happy to help. And, uh, I know that the sands in Pompano has always been uh, a very kayak friendly place. So, uh, that's one place I know even the Marriott has been pretty good. And the beauty of Pompano is, uh, on that strip, there is a lot of like motels and smaller places, very affordable, uh, for these out of towners where they can load up in a, in a room and, uh, you know, park their kayaks and all that. So they have plenty of options here in Pompano. And yeah, we, we, when we came for the sales fish one, we stayed, God, I, I should remember the name of it, but it was like two blocks from the water. If that, right. Uh, you know, good parking place for our kayaks yeah, it's and it's a sweet little uh, place that had a kitchen and everything else. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's house. plenty of places and, and there's a lot of places you can walk to, to go get, you know, right. drinks and stuff at night. So it's yeah. a, it, it was a pretty cool little area when the, except the when I was there, the wind was blowing 50 miles an hour. Jim, what did you do to me that day? Man? <laughs> uh, it was howling. Hey, Joe, you know, we're, our hour is just about up here. I, I want to thank you so much uh, for joining us and for hosting us the times we've come out to see you. Uh, yeah. Like I said, for anybody who has a chance, you got to come out there and fish his tournaments or even, even if you're not fishing it. I mean, it is hands down as far as the saltwater end of things i there isn't a better run kayak fishing tournament out there so hey. anybody who, who who wants to come and visit them and i said you can find all the information and i should pop it up one more time um extreme right there extreme kayakfishing.com and on facebook extreme kayak fishing inc joe thanks so much man hey, please give thanks. my best to maria and that beautiful I new baby I definitely, uh, actually, real quick, I know you're running out of time. I just want to introduce you to Mia real quick. Oh, awesome. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, 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 of course. Give me one second. <laughs> so while he's fetching the baby, everybody remember, uh, this is brought to you by Ballast Point Brewing Company. Uh, drinking my uh, sculpin here. Um, we'll be doing another show next Friday, and I'm actually going fishing uh, this weekend. There she is. <laughs> wow look at that proud daddy <laughs> headset on hold on what are we doing
There we go. There we go. And what was her name again? This is our little Mia. Mia. And, uh, say hello. <laughs> Hi, Mia. Hello. She's our future uh, extreme kayak fisherman or fisherwoman. Sorry. Fisher person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, Jim, listen, man, I really appreciate everything. You're the man. I've been looking up to you for years and um, it's an honor to be on your show and I appreciate everything. No, nah, no worries. And again, give my best to Maria and you guys just keep doing what you're doing. If you need any help promoting anything, just let me know. Always awesome. happy to help, man. Awesome. Thank you. See All you right. Later. Take Bye. care. Well, thanks everybody again for joining us here today. Uh, if you are going out on the water this weekend, please, please, please wear that PFD. Keep your paddle right side up. Y'all take Oh, I'm going to fix it. Woo!